Good morning, Hope Church. Or should I say Merry Christmas? Christmas Day. It doesn't happen very often where Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. And I looked through my wardrobe to see what Christmassy stuff I had, and this was about as good as I got. I noticed that the only thing that I had was red was my Blackhawk sweater, and I figured that wouldn't be appropriate, right? But I do have Christmas socks on. Yeah, yeah. You only get to wear them once a year, so they last a really long time. I want to begin this morning by reading our passage of Scripture, and that is going to be from Luke chapter 2. Very, very familiar passage of Scripture, and one that we've referenced over the past several weeks as we've looked at Old Testament prophecies that refer to the birth of Jesus. But I want to begin by reading Luke chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 8, and we're going to go through verse 15. So hear the word of God. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you on this Christmas day. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you sent your son into this world for us. And Lord, as we... As we seek you in your word and seek to know more about you, more about your nature, we just pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, that you would pour your spirit out and change us. Father, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our salvation. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to ask you guys a question, and I think I've asked this of you guys before, so bear with me, but who likes math? Any math fans out there? Yeah. If you, there are not that many, but there are some. And if you've been with us, you may recall I've shared in the past that I kind of like math. I just get it. It makes sense to me. I enjoy the order of logic, a simple solution, one plus one equals two. That's it. No discussion. You sometimes hear people like me referred to as left brain dominant. 
We tend to be more analytical, more logical, as opposed to those who are considered right-brain dominant. They tend to be more creative, artistic, kind of free thinkers, if you will. What's really interesting is that recent research has shown that, you know, this whole right-brain, left-brain theory, it's not real. It's not real. Yes, there is a difference in the way people process information, logical versus created, but it, it has very little to do with one side of the brain or the other. Just an interesting factoid. But I still prefer math. I still prefer logic over less, let's just say, less clear subjects that maybe require more creative kind of thinking. Now, when I was in business school, I had to take a statistics class. Anybody here ever take statistics? Yeah. Any actuaries with us today? Not a one, huh? Yeah. That's all they do is statistics. But part of what we did in the statistics class was to calculate odds and probabilities. Now, there are some subtle differences between the two, but for the sake of our discussion here this morning, we're going to treat them as both defining the probability of an event occurring. For instance, your chance of hitting, being hit by lightning is about 1 in 15,000. It's actually pretty high. It happens more often than you might think. As opposed to your chances of winning the lottery, which are 1 in 292 million. That's 292 with six zeros after that. Remember that. So your odds of being struck by lightning are nearly 20,000 times higher than that of hitting the lottery. Now, you're all sitting there going, what in the world does this have to do with Christmas, right? And no, I'm not advocating that you go out and play the lottery to pay for all those expensive gifts that you bought this year. You probably wouldn't win, right? I share this with you as a backdrop for the final message in our series, Do You See What I See? Over the past four weeks, we've looked at four prophecies from the Old Testament that pointed to the coming of a Messiah. And we've seen pretty clear evidence that Jesus is the fulfillment of those four prophecies. But the fact is, friends, there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about this one who is to come. Some of them written thousands of years before the birth of Jesus. So I want you to ponder this. A mathematics professor by the name of Peter Stoner calculated the probability of Jesus fulfilling just 48 of these prophecies in the Old Testament. And what he found is that the probability was 1 times 10 to the 157th power. That's a 10 with 157 zeros after it. Just, just, just a mind-blowing number. But friends, Jesus, Jesus fulfilled not just 48 of those prophecies, but almost all of the prophecies in the Old Testament. The rest realized 
at his return. Dr. Stoner goes on to say, if Jesus would have only fulfilled eight, just eight, that's twice the number that we've looked at, it'd be like covering the state of Texas with silver dollars two feet deep, marking one of those silver dollars, and then asking a blind man to go in and pick, the, pick that one on the first try. That is how mind-blowing and amazing our God is. That's how amazing the birth of Jesus is. Do you see what I see? All the events from the very beginning of time orchestrated by God coming together in the birth of Jesus, coming to a crescendo at his return, that day that we look forward to with such great anticipation. Now, for those of you who were not with us over the last four weeks, and as a review for those who were, we began our study in Psalm 72. And we saw how the nation of Israel was encouraged to pray. They were encouraged to pray for a future Davidic king that would come and spread peace to the ends of the earth. And we saw that Jesus is the answer to that prayer. And he brought peace near when he came some 2,000 years ago. We also learned how that prophecy will be fulfilled in perfection and for eternity when he returns to bring his people home. We also looked at the prophecy of the star spoken by Balaam in Numbers chapter 24. The star, that symbol of hope, that symbol of a future Davidic king, the son of Jacob. And it was that star, his star, that led those wise men to the king who was born that morning, Jesus. We learned about the prophecy of Micah chapter 5. In Micah chapter 5, Micah tells us explicitly where this king was to be born. In this insignificant little shepherd town called Bethlehem. But from that town would come one who would rule Israel. Who was from old, of ancient times. Jesus. And then last week we read how Isaiah prophesied a sign. A miraculous sign that pointed to the Messiah. That the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Born of the seed of woman only. Fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. Friends, proof that the Bible is in fact the word of God. Because it is only God who knows the future. Only God can orchestrate those events that were foretold by the prophets of old, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Only God could do that. Well, that brings us to today. In the scripture that we read earlier, if you really listen, you hear echoes of the prophecies that we've studied. 
But today we're going to focus on verse 11, where it says, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Our final message is about a Savior. Jesus, who was born to be our Savior some 2,000 years ago. But how do we know that Jesus is the Savior referred to by the angel in Luke chapter 2? Well, there's several reasons, the first of which we've kind of talked about a little bit here this morning. Jesus fulfills the Old Testament prophecies. We've studied the evidence. We've seen it over the past several weeks, and it's become clear that Jesus is the fulfillment of those four prophecies, but along the way, we've also seen that he's fulfilled several more. The Old Testament prophets also told us that this Messiah would be born the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he would come from the house of David through the line of Judah, all predicted in the book of Genesis well over a thousand years before Jesus was born and fulfilled in his birth. And there's many, many more prophecies that we could have studied, but we certainly didn't have the time. The bottom line is this. Only Jesus fulfills the prophecies of the Old Testament. He's the only one. He is the Savior because he fulfills those Old Testament prophecies. We also know Jesus to be the Savior because only he brings peace and joy. The host of angels that appeared to the shepherds declared in verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. It's the peace that the nation of Israel had been praying for in Psalm 72 and that peace came near the day that Jesus was born. God's kingdom of peace came near. Jesus came that we might have peace, peace with God. He came to reconcile us to God. He came to restore the relationship that had been broken by our sin. Eternal peace, perfect peace, well, we won't see that until Jesus returns, right? That incredible day that we look forward to with such great anticipation this time of year. In the Advent season. But today, you can have peace within your heart. You can have peace with God this Christmas season. We also know he brings joy. Verse 10 and 11. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all the people, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Jesus brings joy. Not just joy, but great joy. And that joy is for everyone. It is available to everyone, to all people. 
But friends, that only happens if we understand that Jesus is the Savior. He is our Savior. Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins. He came to deliver us from evil. He came to give us the victory over those dark powers that we talked about last week. He came to bring eternal life to all those who would believe, all those who would call on his name. That, that is what brings us joy. The gospel is what brings us joy, not just this time of year, but all year long. And we know about joy, right, guys? I mean, we've studied joy in depth this year when we looked at the book of Philippians and we learned, we learned that joy, it's not based on our circumstances, right? Joy is what? A choice, right? Joy is a choice. And the only way that we can choose joy is by trusting Jesus as our Savior. Our only hope in this life and our only hope for all eternity. You can have joy this Christmas season. So Jesus is the Savior because he fulfills all the prophecies of the Old Testament. He is the Savior because he is the one who brings us peace and joy. And finally, finally, friends, Jesus is the Savior because he is the one given to us by God. We read in Isaiah chapter 9, again, another wonderful prophecy fulfilled in Jesus. We could have studied this one too. We'll, we'll look at it this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given... And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Friends, God gave us his son. It says, unto us a son is given. Why would God give like that? Beginning of John 3.16 makes it very clear. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loves you. God loves me and he loves us so much that he gave his son to be born and to live as one of us and to die and be raised again from the dead for us, for me, for you. The angels declared that that morning. That this son, spoken by the prophet Isaiah, he's born today in the town of David, in Bethlehem, the Messiah, Jesus. And not only did God give us a Savior, Jesus, but Jesus, who is God himself, gave himself as Savior. Titus chapter 2 tells us that Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. 
Friends, at this time of year when so much is made of giving gifts, let us remember that the greatest gift ever given was God giving us his son, the savior of the world. Jesus giving him himself that we might be saved, that we might have eternal life, that we might have peace and joy today and for all eternity. So I've done us all a big favor. Wondering what, right? I have calculated the probability of each of us having peace-filled and joy-filled Christmas. And you know what I've found? It is a virtual certainty. In fact, I can guarantee 100%. You can have that peace. You can have peace with God. You can have peace within your heart. And with that peace, you can choose joy. You can choose to have great joy. The only way, though, we can be guaranteed is if we give ourselves to Jesus. God gave us a Savior, Jesus. Jesus gave himself for you. Won't you give yourself to him. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. He wants you to live in peace. He wants you to live with joy in your heart. You can have that if you give yourself to him. Now, does that mean that all of our troubles just magically go away? No, that's not reality. That's not reality at all. But friends, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life today. You can face it. You can face anything knowing that God gave us a Savior. And in Him we can find peace and joy this season. And we can have that throughout the entire year. You can have that for a lifetime. You can have that forever. Give yourself to Jesus, our Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you gave your one and only Son. This Christmas season, when all those gifts are flying around, Lord, may we remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. And that gift is what gives us peace and joy. Not just for a couple of weeks at the end of December, but throughout the year and for all eternity. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.